Hello and welcome to the next ADHD Mum episode. We have Kylie Smart, naturopath, ADHD Mum, who's up in Yandina on the Sunshine Coast. I picked up poor Kylie, vulnerable Kylie, off a Sunshine Coast Mums group and sent her a few messages frantically asking her to come and talk about supplements. So welcome to you, Kylie. Thanks for having me, Jane. It's good to be on again. Awesome. So what we're going to try and focus on today is there's a lot of people that are taking ADHD medication and that's that's brilliant. Of course, I'm one of those people, no issues taking medication. That's not a problem. Everyone does what's right for them. There's also a whole segment of people who are physically or you know incapable of taking it because they're taking other things or they've got a heart condition. And then we have another group of people who are just not interested in medicating. They're wanting to do lifestyle changes or naturopathy. But I suppose the message from from me in this episode and from you, I'm imagining as well, Kylie, is that, you know, naturopathy can actually complement all, all of those groups of people with medication or without. And I get a lot of people messaging me, what supplements would I recommend for ADHD, which is hilarious because I don't have a bloody clue, which is why I've brought in you, Kylie. Would you be able to start off with mentioning kind of how the ADHD brain works and, and kind of what it's missing and why we do feel differently and we operate differently? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. It's my favorite topic. I work with a lot of ADHDs in my clinic. And as you said, I have ADHD myself. So it is definitely kind of my area of speciality. What we know about ADHD, uh, a lot of people do already know this, and it's easy to find out that information is that it is a problem with dopamine. So it's either a problem with dopamine reuptake in the brain so the ability for dopamine to get recycled and reused, or the fact that you may actually be making less dopamine. So everyone knows about dopamine, but one thing not everyone knows about is that we have a lot more neurotransmitters than just dopamine, and they all interact with each other. So commonly I see with my ADHD is they also have low serotonin. A lot of people would know about serotonin because of the medications that there are that help with depression. They're called selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. But some of the symptoms that people may experience with ADHD when they have low serotonin is quick to anger, which I think in the last podcast you were talking about how you got really angry driving the car and I used to get like that as well, lots of road rage. And that really quick snap into anger is a real low serotonin symptom that we commonly see with ADHDs. And dopamine, for those people who don't know about dopamine and what it does as well, when you have low dopamine, you will lack motivation. You may also have dopamine-seeking behaviors because it is that neurotransmitter that gets us up and going and, and has that kind of joy and it's the feel-good hormone. So serotonin and dopamine, really the key players when we're talking about ADHD. There's also noradrenaline and adrenaline. So adrenaline actually being able to get up and get going. So a lot of ADHD, especially ADHD mums, experience burnout and that can be because they've been in that high adrenaline state for so long that they kind of burn out all their cortisol and their, their energy and aren't able to <laughs> produce it anymore and that's why we end up burnt out. There's also glutamate and GABA. Glutamate is your excitatory, so that's kind of indicated in hyperactivity and overstimulation. And GABA, which helps to calm. So people who are feeling really anxious might be low in GABA. It's the kind of anti-anxiety neurotransmitter. So there's lots of neurotransmitters. 
Also, as I talked about this one a little bit in the PMS podcast, is histamine. And we all know about it to do with allergies and and how it contributes to hay fever, but it is also a neurotransmitter and it helps to modulate our serotonin and our dopamine. So if we have some gut issues that are causing histamine problems or some genetic issues that are causing histamine problems, then it also affects our dopamine and our serotonin. That's just a short summary. (laughs) That is very interesting. Okay, so we quite rightly feel a little bit different because our brains are, you know, operating differently and creating different, you know, for example, you know, GABA, the calming, I would imagine I don't have a lot of that. You know, we've got that also as well, that battle with misdiagnosis and mental health that is often, you know, we're medicated and it doesn't work. We're given interventions that don't work because, you know, we're not treated for the right neurological condition as opposed to, you know, having just plain not plain depression, but just straight with a neurotypical brain, that is a totally different treatment to an ADHD brain. So what would be, like if I was to come to you, Kylie, and say, these are my symptoms, I think we all know what they are, quick to anger, weirdly more at strangers, actually quick to anger, you know, PMS, a lot of impulsivity, hyperactivity, anxiety. If I came and saw you, what would that experience look like? Sure. I just wanted to also mentioned because I know you spoke about medication as well and with and without medication I just wanted to quickly touch on that and then I'll talk about what I would do in a consult and how I would approach it. A lot of people automatically assume that naturopaths aren't for medication and won't want you to be on medication but I want to say at least in my case that's definitely not the case. The choice to use medication whether you do or you don't is completely personal, completely up to your circumstances. And I see with my clients how it can be really highly beneficial for them and really support them on their healing journey. So I just wanted to preface with all of that. And I am supportive of using nutrients with the medications. Nutrients and medications can be really great together and even synergistic. So yeah, I just wanted to make that really clear because some people have the assumption that naturopaths you know, we'll tell you to get off your medication and that all medications are bad. And, and that's not true. Absolutely not true. So like if you were to come and see me for a consult, what we would do is talk about your symptoms. I would ask you lots of questions. So I am very detailed, as you could probably guess from my explanation of neurotransmitters. I, I do find out a lot of information in the first appointment from you, which really will guide what I want to do with testing and also with what nutrients and support I want to give you. So another thing that people probably don't know about naturopaths or myself as a naturopath, I actually use a lot of testing and functional medicine. Um, And a lot of naturopaths, especially bachelor qualified ones, do now don't need to go and see a functional medicine doctor or even though they're amazing as well but I use a lot of blood testing in my practice and a lot of functional testing as well and that is because as we've kind of touched on there's there's lots of there's lots of different underlying contributing factors to people's symptoms in ADHD and the only way to know which ones are affecting you is to test so we can guess And we can go, oh, I think it's my gut. I'll take some gut supplements. I think it's neuroinflammation. So I'll take some 
saffron. I think it's my gene, so I'm going to take 5-methyl tetrahydrofolate without testing. You know, (laughs) you can end up going down this massive rabbit hole and taking all different things, but it's so important to test and know exactly what's going on for each individual. And every client, every ADHD that I treat is completely different. I had I had one client who I could have sworn, you know, she was actually only a little girl. Like, you know, you would think that it's all the genetic factors and everything that we needed to do to help support her, but it was actually food intolerance that we discovered that really helped her with her symptoms. Wow. That's super interesting. And that's why I think sometimes sales-wise with naturopaths, because it's such a slow, gradual process and it's a process of elimination you know, for an ADHD brain, that can be a bit like, that's a really long way to go around to get an answer. However, going in the wrong direction, and as you said, researching it yourself and taking all this random stuff, thinking that you figured it out, probably would be a lot quicker to just get professional help because that little girl would probably have never figured out she had a food intolerance. If I was her mother, I would never have the patience to figure that out. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, it was... I I could have sworn that she was going to have, you know, it was going to be more around her MTHFR gene mutations and all of that. But we did an organic acid test, it's called. And yeah, that told us pretty quickly what was actually going on. Wow. So yeah, also it's clinical, it's clinical judgment as to which testing that we do and prioritize as well. So based on what you're telling me and my experience, I can decide which test is going to be the best. And some Some clients I don't test at all, you know, one, because of cost or two, because we can see that we can modify some of the factors affecting them without doing expensive testing. So, yeah, that's where kind of clinical experience is important. Back to your actual question about what I would do, yeah, with you when I you came in. So hearing that you're quick to anger, like your road rage, that would, you know, I'd make a little note about what's your serotonin doing? What do we need to do to support your serotonin or do we need to do some testing to see if your serotonin might be low? And then impulsivity is probably more that dopamine type symptom. So what's happening with your dopamine? So the organic acid test I talked about earlier can give us some indicators on that. There's also some neurotransmitter testing that we can use. And hyperactivity as well, like you said before, that GABA pathway, I would probably just go in and support that GABA pathway and see if that, that helped you. One thing that we haven't really talked about too that is really common in ADHD is neuroinflammation. So inflammation of the brain and leakiness of the blood-brain barrier that can happen due to lots of different factors, one of which being gut health. So there's some good supplements and we, pro- we can start, we'll start talking about supplements shortly that can help with that as well. Okay, great. And look, I know that obviously, you know, you're a qualified naturopath and no one listening to this should go ahead and just go buy things off the supermarket shelf. I definitely don't think that's a good idea. But what kind of supplements and kind of how many, like if people are thinking, oh, I don't want to have to take 10 tablets a day. You know how you have like lots of barriers in your mind? Like, for example, when you talked about medication, that was a big barrier for me. I've seen naturopaths in the past that have just told me anything I'm taking is wrong. And then they spend the whole time telling me to come off this other thing, which I'm not really open to, but I don't want to argue with them. And so then you end up just giving up. So I thought it was great that you mentioned that you were open to working with, you know, 
you mentioned HRT in the last episode on, on menopause and, and PMS and you're open to working with people that are wanting to take medication. I think that's great too. What would be some of the supplements that you'll be thinking could go hand in hand and obviously they should seek medical professional opinion before going to buy these? So I guess if we start with things that you should be cautious of, really anything herbal when you're on medication, you need to be cautious of. Definitely St. John's wort is something if you're on any medication that it's not a good idea to take. And other herbs too that you may not realize may impact your detoxification of the drug. So they may slow down the detoxification. So then the drug may build up in your system or they may speed it up. So then the drug isn't as effective. So always be cautious with any herbs and you can get so many herbs that do that just on the shelf in Chemist Warehouse. So it's a, it is a little scary. So be careful with that. Also, some of the herbs, I know we talked about PMS in the last episode, but there are some herbs that can make especially heavy bleeding type symptoms worse, but they're marketed as like the fix-all herb for hormones, especially like menopausal women. There's a lot of hormone products that just have a heap of all the different herbs in together and they're just sold on the shelf. And I have quite a few clients come in and say, oh, I felt worse on that. So yes, that's one thing to be cautious of. Another thing too is probably B vitamins, which many people probably won't know. If you do have an empty HFR gene mutation, some folate can actually make you feel terrible (laughs) and make you feel worse and even folate in your breads. So if you eat a lot of bread products and packaged, yeah, all all bread bread products have folate in them and it's the wrong type of folate for you if you have MTHFR. So that could be contributing to your symptoms and making you feel worse. So there's lots of things, yeah, well, not lots, but those are some of the main ones I would say be cautious of. If you have ADHD because of those underlying factors. So some of the supplements, you know, there's a lot that people already know about. So I'm going to talk about some of the real common ones first. So I guess the one that I hear about the most and most of my clients already come taking it is omega-3s. It's kind of more researched for ADHD and it actually works to help decrease inflammation in the body. So that's why I mentioned that neuroinflammation can be a factor contributing to ADHD. So omega-3s help to decrease the inflammation and also our diets are really high in omega-6. So think about like fatty foods, any any of those kind of fats in chips and things going to increase your omega-3 and increase your inflammation. So omega-6, sorry, and increase your inflammation. So eating a, you know, improving your diet, but also taking omega-3s can help What's really important with omega-3s, though, is that you have a good quality one. So a lot of the ones at Chemist Warehouse, we keep picking on Chemist Warehouse, but especially if they're really cheap, you've got to question why they're so cheap. So I actually, yeah, there's some brands that just take like all the old oxidized and stinky fish heads and squish them up, and that's how they make the fish oil that they sell to you. So I do have people come and they say, I've been taking fish oil, but I don't notice any difference. It's like, well, what is the quality of the fish oil? It can actually make things worse if it's oxidized. So a really good brand that I recommend is called Nordic Naturals. You can get it from a lot of health food shops. 
I also recommend taking it as a cod liver oil as opposed to an omega-3 because it has vitamin D and vitamin A in it as well, which can be really helpful. Also, one thing people don't know too, or you will say to me, like, I take fish oil, but I get that burpy, fishy taste and it, you know, it really annoys me. So I stopped taking it. Well, take it with food. When you're eating, you're, you taste, so especially fatty foods, when you taste the fat, when you taste buds, your body will produce the right acids and things to break down the fat. So then you're actually able to absorb it as well. And then you won't get the reflux for the omega-3. So that's my tips on fish oil. Great. Yeah. Another common deficiency we see in ADHD is, is iron deficiency. Question is, why are you iron deficient? And that's when you might come see a naturopath. It, it can be because of gut issues. You're not able to absorb it in your foods or in the supplement form. There can also be genetic issues as well. But one thing every naturopath will tell you about iron or is make sure that you're taking a good form. So a lot of people who have iron deficiency will know that some iron supplements can make you constipated, make you feel nauseous, and it is normally the form of iron. So you want to avoid any iron sulfates. Those are the ones that are going to make you constipated. And the best forms are iron bisglyconate. Also, I really should say you should only take iron if you're deficient. So if you've had a blood test, GPs regularly will test your iron or your ferritin levels. And if your ferritin levels are low, that's when you take it. So you should only take it if you know that you're deficient. Another one that I get asked about a lot, and this is a herb, so I would probably only if you only go and take it if you are not medicated at the moment. But a lot of people have already heard about it and use it, and I use it a lot in clinic, is saffron. So lots of people are hearing about it now. And what is great about saffron is that it decreases that neuroinflammation in the brain. So it's really indicated with the brain-type symptoms that you might be experiencing, so like the brain fog, forgetfulness, memory issues, saffron is a really great one. I don't know too much about the off-the-shelf ones, but there is a Caruso's one I think that looks pretty good. But, yeah, just be cautious on medication taking any herbs. But, if yeah, that's the one. That's one I would recommend. And on that whole neuroinflammation as well and something that people wouldn't commonly think of with ADHD is turmeric, high dose turmeric or curcumin. So it can be really helpful with that neuroinflammation as well. So I like using turmeric as well. You can also use it in your food too. Like if you're someone who's really in a real foodie with turmeric, they make sure that you cook it in the foods and in oil because that helps to stimulate the curcuminoids and to decrease the inflammation. So don't just like shave it up on a salad or anything or sprinkle it. You need to activate the heat like in a curry or something. So another one, and then you can ask me any questions, I guess, if you want, Jane, we can talk about some other ones you might know about, is a probiotic as well. A lot of people know about the gut-brain connection and how that can affect neurotransmitters and brain fog and neuroinflammation, like I spoke about. So there's lots of different probiotics on the market. You want to look for the one that's got about at least 5 billion probiotics, you know, like the count, the amount, the dosage, and make sure it's got lactobacillus and bifidobacterium in it. Those are the ones that you know, help with decreasing inflammation and help with the balance in the gut as well. Um, but that can be a good thing to take if you already kind of feel like you've got some gut issues and might want some gut support as well. Oh, beautiful. Okay. The only other thing I was going to ask you about was 
I was lucky enough to work as a psychologist or I did a placement there at a health retreat 10 years ago. And I was really lucky that I worked alongside naturopaths and they gave me free naturopathy as part of the package, which was pretty cool. I'd never really seen a naturopath before. We tested for MTFHR gene, which I came back with the good double gene of, and I got pyroluria and all kinds of stuff in there. I was wondering, would you think that there would be a strong amount of people in this podcast that would have a positive MTFHR gene or how do you think that role plays in? Yeah. We'll just, we'll just touch on MTHFR at the end. So a few years ago, like five years ago, everyone, it was all about the MTHFR gene and it's commonly tested, you know, you can just get your MTHFR gene tested and it's two genes they test and those genes act on an enzyme in the recirculation of folate in the body and the trans changing the folate into a different form. What I now work with and what we now know more about is it's actually so much more than just the MTHFR gene mutation. If you do have an MTHFR gene mutation though, yes, it can affect your neurotransmitters, your folate and your B12. There's also lots of other ones that may affect you as well. So I have like this a chart that I go through the whole kind of methylation cycle and the neurotransmitter synthesis with my clients. You can have gene mutations in the genes kind of above that as well that will still have a similar effect and in your B12 cycle as well. So yes, is the answer to your question. MTHFR can be important, but it is a really, really small part of the picture as well. You touched on pyroluria. I don't actually test for that anymore because we've now realized that it doesn't always, it's not really accurate, but it was really trendy a few years ago. What I do test though is your zinc and your copper. So zinc and copper like work against each other. So commonly we'll see really high free copper levels in the body and that is upsetting the zinc levels. So I'll test your copper and I'll test your zinc and almost always with my clients. So it's very prominent with my ADHD clients, I'll see high copper and low zinc. So like we didn't talk about zinc, but you mentioned before, uh, you know, some people will just go get zinc and take zinc. It's only part of the picture. What's your copper doing as well? Because you could take zinc and take zinc and take zinc and it doesn't have any change on your levels because your copper is really high. So, yeah, that's where the investigations are really important. Yeah, I think so. My husband and I used to own gyms and Sometimes people would say to him personal training was too expensive, but yet they would buy a program online and then just do this workout generically at this cheaper gym and they'd end up getting injured because, you know, they had a weak glute med or they had some issues with their shoulder and they ended up getting injured. Then they'd have to pay for physio and then they'd go around in this circle and at the end of it, my husband would always be like, if they just had have come and seen me and did an individualized program, they probably would have got a better result. So sometimes I think naturopathy is a little bit similar where you can buy the stuff off the shelf, but you just don't necessarily know what you're doing or what you're taking. And then actually I know that supermarket and, and chemist warehouse is cheaper than getting it from a practitioner. Yes. But it's also a waste of money if you don't know what you're buying or what you need. So I think it's been great to talk to you because whilst you've given us a lot of education about what you can do 
I have firsthand seen a lot of my husband's old clients get injured because they would go off and do something cheaper, like F45 or something. They come back with some bung shoulder that he'd be trying to fix. So I think there's a lot of merit in an individual program, even if it's a bit more expensive up front or, you know, like straight up. But I wonder if you get a better result and then you, it ends up, you know, on a maintenance, which is a lot cheaper than it would have been. Yeah, 100%. That That's what I definitely see time and time again. And look, as mums, we're definitely guilty of, you know, not spending the money on ourselves. I very often will have people come and talk to me and they talk about their ADHD and their struggles and then they say, oh, so I'm going to book my child in. And, and as you would know, you know, in your family, that when you're doing really well with your ADHD, it's easier for your kids as well with their challenges. So, you know, the mum is really the the lifeboat in the family, I guess, and we need to really just flip that into taking care of ourselves and spending money on ourselves and it's actually going to help to support our kids, our husbands, our families, our friends in that way as well. And the benefits of us taking care of ourselves can be so great on our kids. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things that it's so difficult to do. But I think if we go back to what I would advise a best friend, I should then take my own advice. Because if one of my best friends asked me whether they should see a naturopath or, you know, whether they should save that money for something else, I would be like, what like what a stupid question. Of course you need to spend that money on yourself. You are the nucleus of your family. You are so important. I'll be like, right on it. When have you booked the appointment? I'll be on them. But yeah, when it comes to yourself, you know, there's a totally different attitude, but I don't do it all the time, but I try and think about what I would advise a best friend, a sister to do, because that's the most compassionate response. But being compassionate to to ourselves can be quite difficult for any mum, but especially an ADHD mum. Yeah, absolutely. We all need to be kinder to ourselves and yeah, and support ourselves. Absolutely. So Kylie, let's say for anyone listening, do you do telehealth or do they need to come to Yandina on the Sunshine Coast? How would someone find you? Yep. So you can find me on my website, kyliesmart.com.au and I do do telehealth appointments. I've spoken a lot about testing and the testing that I use and, and the supplements and herbs and all of that is done through labs and online dispensaries and sent straight to your door, which is also really helpful too. And also I do work here in my clinic in Yandina. So if you are local, I do have clients here, but I see people all over Australia. Well, Kylie, I've been desperate to find a naturopath and I've been talking about a naturopath. And as I said, I stalked you, found you and, you know, very nice of you to give your time. Really, really appreciate it. It's been such a hot topic for women. If you haven't checked out Kylie's other episode that she's done, it's on PMS and ADHD, which is another hot topic. Feel free to send me any more questions that you've got. I'll obviously tag Kylie as well. You could inbox her directly. But I really have to thank you for your time, Kylie, because I know how time poor everybody is and you've taken you know, a good, a good couple of hours out of your schedule. So I, I think it was really valuable. Thank you so much. No, thank you, Jane. Thanks for the opportunity to talk to your mums. I love working with ADHD mums and supporting them with their health and their families. So yeah, thank you for having me on. Not at all. Look, if anyone's listening, feel free to send Kylie a message, send me a message with what you'd like to hear more from. I'm sure if I ask Kylie enough time, she'll come back with a specific you know, topic. And if you're looking at sending me a message to tell me that you enjoy the podcast, I would love that. I would also love a review. 
The reasons I ask for review is because it makes it easier for people to find me. So anyone in Australia that searches ADHD, it just means it comes right up instead of all of the UK and the US podcasts. Love supporting Aussies. So thank you so much. Until next time, 